Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the Star and Five podcast. Your man Tab Shakir, we're running point center, man. I'm our captain now, celebrating a little bit too much as a few of us were last night, but that's neither here or there. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to the to the squad. What's going on, y'all? Man, nothing much. Too, you got to be an all star. You running two positions today. That's you got to be commended for that. Um, but no, what's going on, y'all? I'm at underscore Scott on Twitter. I just wish you know NBA players would stop fouling jump shooters. I pass it down to the Young Trail. What's good? I'm with you there. This your guy Young Trail, aka the chief of staff of Dylan Brooks Island. Um, I'm with Skyler, man. I wish we stopped out and jumped you. So I'm going to kick it down to the big man down low. Yeah, it's one thing to stop fouling those jump shooters. Um, it's nothing just to stop fouling, period. Because um, there are some other crazy fouls we need to discuss as well. Uh, but it's really cheating, man, checking in. Sorry I missed it last time, but the family's better. Appreciate the prayers. Let's get ready to start, about, let's get ready to start talking about these uh, Grizzlies. Man, y'all want to stop fouling jump shooters. I just want everybody to love everybody. That's all I really want on a, on a beautiful day like this, y'all. So let, let, that's all we really want, man. Good energy, good vibes. Uh, let's get into game one and game two, and then we're going to talk about, of course, game three coming up and uh, the rest of the series. How y'all feel about game one and game two, folks? Man, feeling great. I was definitely wrong, I think, uh, when we recorded last week. Um, I think I was one of the ones that, you know, said that, that I think the Jazz would have been up to one. I just thought that, you know, with the amount of um, pressure games that the Grizzlies have been playing, I thought it would have, you know, maybe have caught up to them. Um, but they came out game one ready to play. They came out with energy. They came out as the aggressor. They came out, you know, to be 100 about it. They came out as, you know, Memphis. They came out, you know, ready to bark at the Utah Jazz. They came ready to they came ready to play and, uh, you know, with with the help of, you know, John Morant, with the help of, you know, JV, um, with the help of pretty much all the Grizzlies, you know, they were able to, you know, come in and, and I don't even want to say steal game one because, you know, sometimes that can come off as, you know, maybe that team didn't deserve to win the game. Um, but in my opinion, I think they definitely deserve to, you know, to to grab that dub. So, um, and then also, again, Trevor, your boy, Dylan Brooks came out and, you know, put up 31 in that game, which is, you know, that was, that was nice. That was absolutely needed. All 31 of his points were needed. Grizz took that game uh, 112 to 109. So uh, I'm excited about that. Um, they, you know, things happened in the game too. We kind of all expected, you know, the Utah Jazz to, well, the Utah Jazz and the referees um, and Rudy Gobert and his flopping to, you know, kind of take over, um, do whatever they needed to do to, you know, kind of even up the series and things like that. So um, again, shout out to the Grizz. Um, it's it's 1-1. We got a big game three to coming up. Uh, but definitely you cannot overlook the performance of John Morant in game two, 47 points. Uh, I think that may be a Grizz record. Can't wreck me somebody if I'm wrong, but, you know, somebody at his age, you know, to go into Utah um, and, you know, we'll talk about, you know, Utah later. Uh, but, you know, to go into Utah, you know, um, in that environment, you know, put up 47 was absolutely crazy. It goes back to my point of a couple weeks ago. I think, you know, John Morant is top five um, in the players under 25. Top five on the 25. I definitely can tell you there, brother. Well, for me, game one was no exception, uh, as we, as my brother just alluded to. Uh, we came out loose, came out like Memphis, came out ready to play. Uh, we caught Utah slipping for the most part because I honestly felt that they rested Dr. Mitchell on purpose, thinking that they were going to be able to beat us without him, and we caught them slipping in game one. 
I'm not going to even just rave on uh, Dylan Brooks. I'm just going to tell you, go check the footage. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Just check the footage there. Um, just being able to just be the aggressive. And it was a lot on defense primarily in that first game as well. Um, keeping it to the Grizzlies style of play, which is the more slow it down, grinding out type of thing, which is basically what playoff basketball is all about. Um, so from the get-go, I kind of I noticed that the Grizzlies were able to play their style of game. And then just Bill and Bruce catching fire in that third quarter was just – I can't even count how many heat checks I, I come on, but, hey, they eventually were all a problem. But, again, just check the footage on that. Unfortunately for game two, I didn't watch the second half, but I know we still had a trying to get back in the game. I was too disgusted with the officiating in that game, especially with Dylan and JB both picking up two fouls within the first what first half, first quarter of them having to sit, and then they picked up their third and second. Um, you knew Utah would make adjustments. You knew Donovan Mitchell was gonna eventually find his way back in the lineup in game two. Uh, but again, the the silver lining of game two, Job Moran with 47 points, putting them put on the house of the show. So that's something that you can really take away from game two. At some possible moment in the game three, we'll get into game three and we'll get into Utah as a whole later on. But shout out to the Grizzlies uh, for an effort uh, with these first two games. You got actually what you wanted, if you really want to be honest. You would have loved to be one to mix this up too old, but being able to split and take that home court is, is another thing as well. So shout out to the Grizz. Yeah, to walk with what you're saying uh, there, Trevor, we've stolen home court. Uh, we went with game one um, intensity and punched Utah Jazz in the face. Um, whether, you know, to your point, whether Donovan Mitchell was sleeping, not needed to be on the bench or they were resting him, it doesn't matter. Um, 1-0 game one. And what a phenomenal performance in game one. Um, I know we've kind of glossed over that a little bit, but to see an AFC struggle, how the Grizzlies have struggled this entire season, to go be literally the best team in the league, right? They were the number one seed in the entire league and beat them at home, right? And that's nothing to, to snap at, uh, when to sleep at, I should say. Um, that was a great game plan that we had um, that worked. Um, we held the um, Jazz to below 30% shooting, I think maybe 25, 26% shooting from the three-point line, that's their bread and butter. Um, and so to hold them away from their strength, um, that's what we did. Now, you know, flip the game over to game two, you know, they're definitely shooting 20% better than they were in game one at like 48, 49% at it from the three-point line. And so that's what really hurt. You can't exchange threes and twos and expect to win the game all the way. Um, and then the foul discrepancies um, that Trevor started alluding to as well. Very much seen from game one to game two uh, to the point they were pretty much in the bonus. I would happen to say maybe 70% of the game it felt like um, that they were always on a free throw line. Now, some of those calls were uh, pretty bad calls, um, calls I didn't really necessarily see the foul. But we also can't put ourselves in positions to be in that place to let the refs call the foul. Um, it's a certain way to close out on shooters, a certain way to box out and defend. There's a certain way to do these things. It's called fundamentals. Um, and when you're not doing the fundamentals, you're lacking on defense. Lacking on defense leads to fouling. Fouling leads to points scored and us being down more. Um, and so I think game two came down to just a breakdown of, of the fundamentals in regards to how to defend shooters and just how to defend in general. Um, because, again, a lot of the fouls that we have were on defense were careless, careless fouls 
that really brought us out of our rhythm for what we needed to do. We are, I, I call us the Streaklies. Um, and so we won three straight to me. So we beat the Spurs, we beat the Warriors, we beat the Jazz, right? We lost one. We cannot lose a second one um, for game three. I know we're going to talk about that in a moment. Um, but in regards to game one and game two, uh, kudos to the Grizzlies for winning game one. And then we could have done better in game two. We didn't. But we won one out of two, which is something that we haven't been able to say in years in regards to a playoff season. And I'm sorry, before two goes, I think one thing that I've been able to, and I think we all have been able to, you know, see, and it's not even just, you know, from a local standpoint, but from a national media as well, or from a national standpoint, is I think everybody knows or sees that the Grizzlies can play with the Utah Jazz. Granted, you know, Utah Jazz, you know, you know, one by, you know, 13 or whatever points like that game too, but there was still a chance for the Grizzlies to, to, you know, to take that game again in Utah. So I think it's a matter of, you know, you know, the Grizzlies, you know, getting home, getting the home cooking, you know, FedEx former is going to be rocking. Young Dolphins supposed to be performing at halftime. Yes, you can't sir. get more Memphis. You can't get more Memphis than that, too. So I think we all see that, you know, the Grizzlies can play with the number one team in the league, like she just said. Man, it's just so ex- exciting. Man, I miss home. I miss home. <laughs> but no, man, I just the overall excitement uh, from the team, especially being the second youngest team in the whole NBA um, in the playoffs, right? And not only in the playoffs, but fighting, you know, winning a game, um, whether or not the Jazz should have played Donnie Mitchell, that's on them. I'm happy they didn't because we got a win out of it. You know, kudos to them. Um, like I said, the overall excitement, like I was DJing last night and I actually saw somebody with a John Morant jersey on out here. You know what I'm saying? Guy was from Detroit, but it was like, man, yeah, y'all got something special with y'all. So, you know, the the world is noticing, you know, the, the the point guard who called himself top five a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, he's breaking 40, 50 year old records. Like if it weren't for George Mikan being as old as he is and playing in the 60s, he have a, a record in his first two, uh, two playoff games. But, you know, John Moran is showing us he is the top five. He's a superstar in the making 47 points a game, too. It was crazy. I enjoyed that. Um, one thing that, I, of course, we, I didn't enjoy was the foul calls. I think I counted what four fouls from the uh, from the three point shooters in like the first half alone. Um, of course, we we can we could all say that the refs. I feel like the refs personally had a a, a, a way of calling the game, especially watching that that Hawks and what was it Hawks and Knicks game that came on right before. Like that, that game was physical. The refs allowed them to play, which made that game a lot more fun to watch. And then coming over to watch this game and getting called for ticky tack fouls, this was like, nah, man. I wish we could have had the, the refs from the same game, you know, the refs with the same mindset to let these guys play. Like it's going to be a physical series instead of taking it to your own hands. Like we get home court advantage. We we get that. But when we got 7-5 Rudy Gobert flopping like a kid, <laughs> like that's not helping nobody at, at all, right? <laughs> But uh, speaking of JV, the way that we're playing through him um, is something that I would love to see going forward. Um, even though he's not, you know, you can look at his stat line. He's not, you wouldn't say he's very productive, but we're running through him. He's finding the open shooters like Marcus All used to do. He's getting Rudy Gobert from the three-point line, uh, which is a game plan that, that I salute Coach Jenkins for doing. Um, just try to go more. Of course, we can see more from JV and, and Dylan Brooks. Shout out to DB Island. You know what I'm saying? About y'all drinks to own after game one, game two. Y'all deserve it. Hey, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, we, hey, y'all, yeah, y'all turn it up for a reason, man. We y'all turn it up for a reason. Keep, keep, hey, keep that, keep that same energy in the grindhouse. That's, that's all I ask for. Uh, so speaking of which, 
like you said, Lito, we got game three, Young Dolph performing at halftime. Uh, game four, I believe, A-Ball and MJG are, are doing their thing at, at that halftime. So, hey, we're, we're coming home, man. It's about that time. Uh, OG Perk on, on national TV recognizes, man. Shout out to the Whoop That Trick anthem that's about to be played at least 10 times tonight. I'm <laughs> not tonight, but after the game. So let's get into the preview, man. What, how can we win game three, y'all? How, we, we home. We we got home court advantage. We're here 1-1. One, one. How, how can we pull game three, y'all? No, I think the way you win game three, I think one thing that, you know, as the Grizzlies that you got to do is you have to feed off the crowd. I think you have to start with it. I think one thing we've seen uh, from since the playoffs has started, you've seen whether it's the Garden, whether it's Staples Center, whether it's, you know, whether it's the, the State Farm Arena with the Hawks. And now it's the Grizzlies turn. It's the Grizzlies turn to, you know, show showcase what their fans can do, what um, what type of, you know, what type of events a FedEx form can be. Um, so I think you have to, you know, feed off the crowd. I think the capacity has been lifted a little bit higher for for a little, a little bit more fans to come on in. So um, I think you have to start there. Um, then go to, you know, what Sheedy, Trevor and I have already talked about. And I think Trevor, you talked, uh, Tuki talked about it too. It's the fouling. Get, I get. I think I, I understand from a ref standpoint, you know, I think there's been a little chippiness going back and forth, you know, a little bit of barking, whether it's, you know, Desmond Bain, which I loved it, by the way, barking in front of the Utah Jazz's bench, you know, Dylan Brooks going at, at, at different players. I get you don't want it to become, you know, more physical than it, than it could be. But then you also have to understand that this is the playoffs. This is, you know, it's going to be more physical. So, you know, let's, you know, let's watch the the, the flopping of a seven foot guy, you know, the name of Rudy Gobert, who's supposed to be defensive player of the year. So let's watch that. But I think, you know, as the Grizzlies, you have to, you know, close out on jump shooters, you know, respectfully or, you know, more square, I guess, is the, is the best is the best way to say that. Um, so let's watch the fouling. Um, let's let the, the crowd, you know, do what they're going to do. And John Morant, Jesus Christ, continue to touch the paint. I, I'm one of those people that, you know, the more that John Morant touches the paint, the, matter, the better that is for everybody else. So, John, you know, John Morant being able to touch the paint, well, you know, that's getting floaters, putting shots up on the rim. If he misses it, JV can, you know, he can grab it and put the, and put the board back in. But then, you know, the biggest key for me is the Grizzlies, in my opinion, the, number, the key is 10. You have to make at least 10 three-pointers. If you know, if you if you aren't making at least 10, and again, we know what Utah's Jazz can look like when they're making threes. When they're making threes, good night. But I think, you know, as well as, you know, the Grizzlies score from the inside, let's, you know, try to, you know, close the gap a little bit and, you know, on, on you know, the amount of, you know, three-pointers that the Utah Jazz make. If, I think that if the Grizzlies can get the 10 in games three and four, we could potentially be up 3-1. Um, but those are, my, those are my three big takeaways um, or, you know, keys for the next couple of games. Yeah. Um, so one, I I might need to be in attendance with a ball and MJG uh, for game four. Um, not that I don't want to be there for a young Dolph, but you know, I just it's a different era for me. But anyways, as you look back at the, the two games that we played so far in the playoffs against the Jazz, we did great in game two with our third quarter. It was the only quarter we actually won. Um, but quarter one and quarter two we were down so much we were outscored them both those quarters in game two um, which came because of the three-point shooting um now to me i think that to your point Skylar, we close out on the three-point shooter but we also don't try to mimic that game right we're not a three-point shooting team right we do have some shooters that can get us there we have a desmond bain um, who was drafted as a rookie to shoot um and some other guys like someone's got a decent three-point 
percentage. Honestly, it, the shot's not the best. Um, but we definitely not talking about Triple J <clears throat> um, at the three-point line. So what I'm getting at is your strengths are your strengths for a reason. To the point about JV, um, we have to continue to use and make him feel a part of the game offensively to stretch Gobert on out. Um, because if JV gets more comfortable where he's at, um, you know, in the paint or three-point line, and he's not doing anything, then Rodi Gobert can just do what he wants to do, to be honest. Um, you don't want Rudy Gobert to roam. That's not it. Um, you want him to have to play defense on JV. Um, notice I'm not naming any other player at this point. I'm letting Jai get into the lane. Now, another good key about this is because they were hot, the Jazz, for shooting threes last game, and because that's their thing from the whole season, long shots require long rebounds. So that means our guards have to be ready to rebound the basketball. That is Ja. That is Dylan. That is Grayson. That is Desmond May. That is anyone that is not seven foot um, or those that are seven foot to grab a rebound or 6'11". Um, so when you're looking for that boxing out, I always tell players, like, why are you, how you box out? Put an ass on somebody. Put your butt squarely on somebody and get the rebound. Because again, long shots call for long rebounds. And you know the FedEx form going to be rocking. That, that, that's simple. We haven't been here in a very long time. And when I say Grizz Nation, we need you to stand up and be loud and proud, game three and game four. We need you to be loud and proud to guarantee a game six back here in Memphis. Turn over back to uh, Trevor. Yeah, man. And um, I'm back. I'm on with my laptop now after some technical difficulties. So um, it's good to be back officially for real, for real. But uh, one of the key things I don't think nobody touched on for game three for tonight um, is going to be the production from our bench. Um, one of the things that we've uh, been raved, we've raved about and uh, we've gotten praise for uh, throughout the regular seasons has been the play of our bench. Um haven't got much of that in the first two games, although we were able to split. But I think the bench is going to be key. Uh, and typically, bench players play better at home anyway than on the road. So the bench is going to be key. So if the bench players can outscore Utah's bench uh, on top of everything else that the Grizzlies have been doing well, John Moran continuously touching the paint, JV continuing to do what he does, should put the Grizzlies in position to win the game. I don't think Memphis has to hit 10 threes, but 10 threes would, 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 would help for 10 threes will help for the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies needs to keep this game under 120, uh, in my opinion. They can keep it with that 100 to 110 range, and they should be able to pull this game out uh, regardless of what happens. So, Ja continues to touch the paint, continue to be who he is. JV continue to be who he is. Production from the bench. Uh, let's hope that we can get something from there going for, uh, on games three and four. And like she just said, Utah shoots a lot of threes, and of course, long shots require long rebounds. So, if we can get a team effort as far as uh, winning the boards, that also should help us out as well. So, um, I'm excited for game three. I know FedEx form is going to be rocking, and just let me know for game four because I'm ready to roll for game four. So, just just let me know. Man, if y'all go to game four, like like last time, I'll be there in spirit and 
as a record show, we are undefeated when we are all together in the grindhouse. So, hey, if we can get a, a, a win and y'all can pull up there, you know, Club Nosebleed, Saw Rockin' Dead, if y'all can <laughs> at least, bro, just, hey, do that for me, man. Do, <laughs> do that for me. But, nah, great points on that. Um, I think I just to add my two cents in, um, let's see. What da, 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 my apologies. The first game, that, uh, game one. Uh, rather, the Jazz shot 25% from the three-point line. Uh, second game, they shot 48.7. So I think that it would be safe to say that if the Grizz can hold the Jazz to 35%, around 35 36% shooting from the three-point line, we get a better chance. And I expect us to do that. I also expect to actually see Brandon Clark on the floor. Um, he was a no-play for no-show for um, game one, game two, coach's decision. Not sure why he didn't get any play, but I think – this could be some good playing time for him. One, you know, of course, just to get the experience, but two, just to get another defender, you know, on the three-point line, you know what I'm saying? Use his length, use his, you know, he's pretty quick. Uh, and like I said, we we just got to stop stop the bleed from the three-point line. Of course, live by the three, die by the three. That's how we were able to come back. But, of course, the Jazz are a really, really good team. Uh, their pick and roll uh, against Rudy Gobert and Danny Mitchell is something serious. Um, so, of course, we, we can stop that bleeding or just let them go. But we got to stop the three-point shooting. We got to stop. And I wish I had a, a guarantee button like like Charles Barkley be having on TNT. But I'm going to Hey, man. <laughs> hey, pe- people been mean to Jaron. Um, I'm one of those people who actually still be nice to him. And I'm willing to press the guarantee button that he's going to be one of the reasons why we win one of these games. I'm here. I'm saying it. Y'all know I have. I still. I'm. I'm still on the journey. I'm bandwagon right now. I hadn't left yet, but for, for us to win at least one of these games, he he has to step up. Like last game, I, he he just wasn't there. Like I don't know mentally. I, I I don't know, but he has the potential to be an X factor in one of these games. And I'm here to guarantee you, but damn it, that he's gonna come through for one of us. I'm pretty sure we have one of <laughs> one or two of our calls right now that may disagree with me, but I mean that's what I'm here for, man. We need the controversy. We need the we need the energy. We need the interaction I, with the I fans. Got, I have two. I have two questions. What's um, up, bro? To this, because you kind of ruined my first question, but I'm still gonna ask it anyway. Right, you, it's, it. it's interesting that you mentioned Brandon Clark and how he should get minutes. And my first question was gonna be, given that we've gotten absolutely nothing, and I, I hate to be be this way but i'm being honest i'm gonna be honest given that we've gotten absolutely nothing from 3j if you're taylor jenkins do you possibly explore explore starting brandon clark Mm, starting him i i i don't think that you should mess up a rotation deep in the playoffs like that's what we have right now no need it's it's funny that you say it's funny that you say that because this has been a starting five for we'll say 90% of the entire season without three. Mm-hmm. So at this point, again, if you're looking to get Brandon Clark some minutes, do you possibly explore starting him and possibly bringing three J on off the bench? I would say still starting because like I said, that's familiar, familiar ready with, with, with the starting lineup. And like, y'all know how I feel about Kyle Anderson at the three, he's been doing this thing. It's been working defensively. So, I guess in a way, if it's not if it's not broke, don't fix. But if Jaron is not playing, you know, to his potential or up to part to where he's not making some kind of impact, I will say that you take him out a little earlier, you know, for Brandon Clark minutes. That's what I would say. 
So that's up. That's really a coach's thing to me. That's why I, I guess I'm not a coach. That's why Coach Jenkins is. So he would have to determine, you know, the chemistry that flow within the offense because, like I said, I think that Jaron could be the X factor in one. But we got to get Brandon Clark some minutes. We we got to. We we got to, especially coming off the bench. Yeah, and I and I also said that Jaron Jackson was going to be the X factor going into this entire series. So you're absolutely right there. Uh, whether or not he shows up, yes, yeah, Scott, I did say he would be the X factor. Yeah. Now. I'm happy somebody else. Okay, now, now, so you're saying that Jaron Jackson is due for a big game. I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Give me a stat line for Jaron Jackson Jr. for his big game. For his big game? I got it. Seven and six. (laughs) (laughs) What, six fouls? God damn. Everybody love everybody. You didn't hear nothing about rebounds. Everybody love everybody. Did y'all not catch the concept of this part? Look, I know the cat. We, we love Jerry, but Jesus Christ, he cannot stay out of foul trouble. And he picks up like some of the most idiotic fouls that is just. Get, I'm get, like, Jerry, why, why are you doing this? But go ahead. Give, give me, give me, give me 15 points with at least three threes. That, that's all I ask for. Rebound, if we see that's not his thing right now, just score the damn ball, bro. Put, put the ball in the hoop at this point, and and we'll we'll figure out the rest when, when we figure out the rest. But I think, like I said, he has that. He 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 can be that impact player. I know he can be. Okay, so let me let me table this. Guarantee fifteen, <laughs> 15, 15 points from three J in his big game, which I'm guessing is going to be the game the Grizzlies win, and three threes. Three threes. Okay. While, while you do that, Trevor, let's highlight the fact that you know Tuke is saying that that's a big game from three J. Fifteen points. He just had sixteen in game two. Now, granted, most of them exactly. were from the free throw line. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, exactly. But that I think that shows you how low how low our that is. A, I come, just want to say that's a Triple low J. expectation. I'm thinking you're going 20, 25. You said fifteen. Okay. I mean, but still, three threes. Uh, it, it, it this kind of atmosphere do do some kind of confidence. Like if one drop, I think we'll see a better, uh, better Triple J performance. Honestly, I think okay. if he hit three threes, he can get to twenty because then the floor is going to open up. If he hits three threes, he can. 20, damn it. Put me on. Yeah, that's what I said. Don't go there. If he's going to hit three threes, he can get to twenty because the floor is going to open up for him. But if he get eight, nineteen, I'm cool with that too. But put me on for twenty. I can't, right, believe yeah. that, I can't believe it was that easy for me to talk you off the list like that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Since 15 ain't enough, and he did score most of his points from the free throw line, which is which is which is true. Right. So let's 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 contrast and look at those two games, game one and game two. Game two, you right, he did score the most points, 16 points. And what do we do? We lost. Game one, he scored 10 points, and what do we do? We won. I mean, come on. I mean, it was a lot of variables in us in that going to the loss. Come on, bro. Like that's twelve. That's twelve free throws at the three point line in the first half with us fouling, you know, shooters. So I mean, can we that, just that let's, 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 we cannot nitpick him like Kwame Brown, guys? Okay, this is not the power for us to do that. This is not the episode for us to do that. Let's not nitpick him. You're right. So, we need to predict the series. You're right. I'm sorry. We need to predict the series. So let's just say this, and then we can move on because I don't think Triple J needs that much airtime. Just give me eight rebounds. You feel me? I'll take that as a big game. That's give a stretch. Give me six. Just give me six. <laughs> That's not good. So 20 Just and six. 20 and six. Give me, Let's give go, 20, Jared. I'm with you, bro. 20 six rebounds. Okay, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna table this. So for Jared's big game, it's going to lead to a Grizzlies win. I'll make it quick. 
20 points, six rebounds. One of these games. I need you, Jared. I need you to I need you to show show good for me, bro. All right, we'll save our 3J uh conversation for later. So let's 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 move on. (laughs) All right. So of course, like I said before we move on, I have us winning the series. How y'all feel? I still say Grizz and six. Six. I, I still say Grizz and six. I said Jazz and six. Jazz and seven. I'm still going Jazz and seven. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope that I'm wrong, but I'm still go Jazz and seven. Yeah, I said Grizz and six last week before I left. It's now Grizz and Sace. I'm in Spanish. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> nice. I appreciate the. Never mind. We'll keep it moving. I'll say that for another day. Thank you for doing that. All right, guys. So in true spirit of everybody loving everybody, why why can't everybody love everybody, y'all? Like, why we can't just have, you know, fans finally pulling up to the respective arenas and being, you know, we get his playoff time. You ain't had a beer at an arena in about a year. You know what I'm saying? You only time you were watching sports is on TV. We get it. But to spit on players and to pour popcorn on players and to disrespect the players' mom and dad and, you know, relatives, how, how y'all feel about the heckling of everything that's going on within the NBA? And what do y'all see it going forward as far as do y'all see the NBA protecting the more players or what can the NBA do to protect their players more, especially during playoff time? Like, it's only week one, and we, we, we're here. I think it's unfortunate. I think it's unfortunate that, you know, people who we as fans have not been able to, you know, go to basketball games or really any sporting event for what almost over a year. And we go fans. I wouldn't say we because we are all doing it. But fans have gone into different arenas, whether it's in Utah, because what happened in Utah to John Brennan is that couldn't be me. I'll say that for the most part. But, you know, you know, players. In, in their families or whatever the case may be. It's unfortunate, you know, that fans are doing this, right? Like I said, we haven't been able to go to games for a year. You would think that we would, you know, go to the games, enjoy whatever the case may be, you know, have a good time, watch the games, enjoy it, go home. But, you know, you got to have people spitting on players. You have to have, you know, fans heckling, you know, players as fathers. You have players spitting on people, throwing popcorn. I, I, I think it's unfortunate, and, you know, I really – I, for the most part, I've liked what the NBA has done so far, you know, whether it's, you know, removing those those fans, you know, removing their rights because, you know, they have season tickets, so taking that away from them, removing them from the games. But, you know, I think this will continue to happen until, you know, some form of, you know, um, action is taken, whether, you know, maybe giving them some type of jail time, however you want to spend it. But I think fans will continue to do this until maybe somebody gets put in jail because this it's sad that, you know, players have to deal with this. It's sad that players, families have to deal with stuff like this. I think, like I said, I just think it's unfortunate. Yeah, not to get too political with it. It's very unfortunate as well. You just have the perfect recipe for disaster. Uh, You have on one angle, you have capitalism. You know, if you're a paying customer, you pay good money to go attend these events or do something, you have that. Basically, you feel as though you have this privilege to have like, hey, I can do whatever I want here because I paid to be here. Like I pay good money to be here. I should be entitled to whatever I want to do, which isn't always the case. But that's how some people feel. You take that. Plus, some of these arenas have alcohol at games. Um, I know the FedEx form only limits it to two drinks, but who knows how it is with the rest of these arenas. So you take those two 
you have a recipe for disaster there. And that's how you have these incidents um, that's been occurring, not just with uh, this playoffs, but just since throughout time, to, to be honest. And Utah, for them to be on the list again uh, for what's transpired, with not only just job, but with Dylan as well, because uh, there are some people that were heckling Dylan, calling him a half-breed. Um, alongside with uh, they talked about with Jaws, uh, Jaws' parents. Again, couldn't have been me because hands would have been thrown. I'm just going to be honest with you. But it's unfortunate that this is happening, but um, in the end, it's either going to take either some, some of these people getting jail time or, ironically enough, it's going to take another malice at the palace for something like this to finally get done. And I'm all for it. And honestly, I think if it's going to take another malice at the palace, it needs to be Russ. Because I'm trying to promote everybody loving everybody. We don't need to promote another malice in the palace, Trev. I'm all for everybody loves everybody. But at the same time, like if you. The great Charlie, the late great Charlie Murphy, uh, you know, described these type of people as habitual line steppers. So you, you can't. When you willingly decide to cross the line like that, you have to. Pay. There has to be consequences. It's just that simple. Like again, I'm I'm all for everybody loving everybody, but if you intentionally cross that line, there has to be consequences for your actions somewhere. That's why I say, if it takes another malice at the palace, then so be it. Um, quick take. Um, to all of these, I feel like Trey was the most disrespected. Um, because you literally spit on someone. Um, does that mean the other two and Mo, more were not as egregious? No, they are. Just to me, what I'm saying is someone spits on me, I'm not worried about 48 minutes of basketball no more. I'm worried about me and you going toe-to-toe. Now, the issue that I have with all of this is we all have heckled before. I've yelled in the stance to Taylor Jenkins, uh, D. Wade, whoever wants to listen to me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say what I need to say from the stance. Because I, I paid my ticket to do that. However, you don't see me going into someone's workspace, and nor will someone come into my workspace and spit on me, throw some popcorn, or say something to my mother who's sitting right next to me. Any of those things, any of those things occur, I'm no longer employed with this job because me and this person need to have a conversation. It's not going to be a conversation at all. And so my biggest problem is I have that this is their work environment is the basketball court. That's their place of living. For instance, like we're not going to go to Tuke's. Tuke is a DJ, and you're not going to bump his t- his DJ table and think he's not going to get mad and upset about it, right? That's his place of work. Let that man do what he does right then and there. Don't keep coming up to him and telling him your mother stink. That's why you're playing terrible music. Blah blah blah. Nobody wants to hear all that. This is my workspace. Leave me be. If you work at BP, I'm not going to heckle you at BP. Just get my gas right and my gum because I need that. But Long story short, man, heckling is going to continue to happen. Unfortunately, you're not going to stop people's mouths from moving like that. But the the dumping of the popcorn and, like I said, the most disgusting thing to me, spitting on someone, um, no, that that's a no. But, again, if these things were to happen to these specific individuals at their workplace, it's something completely different. And I'm with Shaq on this one, too. Why can't we see the photos of the people that did this? Because if this was Trey Young that spit on somebody, if this was – Russell that was throwing the popcorn on somebody, if this was Ja talking to someone else's mom, their video and their pictures all over the news. 
but let it be someone that's not to them of value. Now we're not seeing these people out in the news. I don't know who Johnny is that's been on Trey. I should know him because if Trey would have done that, then Trey's the, the bad guy. So that's my point that I wanted to make. But I got some more. Just let me know. Quick question on that because I'm, I, I just, I, I hate to be petty on this episode, but I'm going to be petty because sitting two rows in front of this guy that's been on Trey Young just so happened to be 50 Cent. So let's just say if, the guy who was intentionally trying to spit on Dre, let's say it doesn't go to Trey, he spits on 50 Cent and is seen in the stands with 50 in this guy. Then it's all over the news because of it, because of 50. So I'm just going to leave it there. Absolutely, she absolutely. Well, I sorry, would, man. I know, I know, I know. I, too, I would have loved to see him seeing the ticket halfway and hit 50. What are you talking about? Straight comedy? 50, 50, man, look, it would have been a war zone in, in Madison Square Garden, but that's neither here or there, y'all. Uh, good, definitely good topic. Uh, good, good episode, guys. Um, I ain't got to say too much about it, y'all. Y'all hit the hammer on the head. Uh, I guess just salute to, I guess, Russ for, I guess, being able to, or the security guards who were able to restrain Russ. Uh, because if it wasn't for that, even though Russ had a, a weak ankle, I think that's why he wasn't even the game. He had hurt his, his ankle or something like that. He would have gotten those fans, and it it would it would have got u- ugly, especially with those Philadelphia fans. So, I mean, uh, kudos to those security guards. Uh, su- kudos to Trey Young. Uh, salute to Trey Young and uh, to John and his family. Um, you can tell I saw a few photos of him and his dad uh, enjoying, actually enjoying the game uh, with some of the Jazz fans. So this isn't a, a thing about just going after the fans. Like j- fans are were able to. You know, enjoy the game. You know, of course, talk crap. Like I, I believe Mr. T. Moran is one of those guys who, who actually enjoy the, the crap talking. And uh, one of the players, or uh, one of the people, uh, one of the guys was like, "Hey, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see you. We'll see you next time." You know what I'm saying? Grizz gonna definitely win one. We'll, we'll, we'll see you back. You know what I'm saying? They ain't going nowhere. I'm pretty sure they probably got the same seats. And shout out to those fans who who, who, who was rocking with them as well, who pointed out the people who was disrespecting his family. Um, shout out to those type of fans because why? We just need everybody to love everybody again. Just we 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 need more love in the world, not this kind of craziness. Like I said, just week one of the playoffs, and we already getting storylines like this is straight up embarrassing for for some of these teams and fan bases. But that's neither here and there, man. Y'all have anything else to add? Yeah, I got a question. I know we were talking about Heckman and it's going to continue, and we're all Memphians um, on on this on this respective podcast, so. You're talking about everybody loving everybody. So how do you feel about not just checking at Grizzlies games, but having a checking section at Grizzlies games since this whole heckling thing is going to continue? It's needed. It's needed. I mean, if people are able to have COVID sections, why not have a checking session for Memphis? And it's like this whole section, whatever they say, go for it. Hey, go for it. <laughs> of course, of course. Especially keep it, at the free throw line. Keep it respectful and not try to do anything, you know, out of line, like spitting on people and things or throwing popcorn on people, but just yeah. Look, look, just right now the it. right now the Knicks fan base are making us look bad in this aspect because they actually were screaming Trey is balding when he was shooting uh, at the free throws and uh you know he's 22 and already balding, so they made it a point to say they hit personal. Cool. Attack Hold on, no. I no. want to know. I want to know the person who literally, because they had to pay for it, because I know they didn't have the amount of ink for uh, printing all these uh, signs out and put them in each seat. Like, how much did you literally spend 
on a Word document, basically, to print out for everybody in the garden to say Trey is bald. And like, I, I need to know because they got that, they got, they got, they got that Thunder Mifflin discount. <laughs> well, that's what it was. They, they, they have to pay much, man. People ain't paying to print no more. They must have got. They must got their gold. They must got the gold ticket. So, exactly. I'm sorry. We're we, 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 we making the office <laughs> reference around here for those who don't know. So, <laughs> one person had all three of them next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. If y'all only got anything else, man, salute y'all. Great pod. Uh, shout out to the oh, captain. real quick predictions uh, for game three because I know this will be out. Yeah. Uh, so my prediction, um, I definitely got us winning game three. Um, we ain't losing in the ground house, man. Give me, give me, give me both of them. Give me both of them. I do like I said, I got us winning for a reason. This is why. Only um, because I said Jazz and seven. I think there's a split. Grizzlies are grabbing game three though. Young dog. Come on, Mister Five Hundred. Come on, Mister Five Hundred Junior. Look at you. Look at you. Yeah, I, I think the Grizzlies grab game three. I guess they, they grab three. They ain't, they not losing the game with Young Dog performing at halftime. Yeah, they they're gonna get game three. That's that's not even a question. Well, it's the big show. Give me two wins. Give me three and four. We lose five. Come home with six to roost. I like it. I like it. I like it. I, I like love it. it. I like it. I like it. Well, again, everybody appreciate y'all for rocking with us. Make sure you follow the page, um, Instagram, Twitter at Starting Five M E M the number five. Also follow us at the Grizzly Bear Blues. Uh, follow yours truly at Tev Shakir, running point center for today. I'm at underscore Scott Leader on Twitter. Please stop fouling jump shooters, please. Thank you. I'm at the Art of Trevor. First letter of each word is capitalized except of because it's a preposition. We still turning up at Dylan Brooks Allen. Poutine Mamba is, is the dish of the day. Uh, so come check it out. Gris and six. That's Gris and six for those that don't speak Spanish. Um, please remember this though. It's really shitty. 41 10 7. 41 10 7. Dot 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 to be continued. Mm. Whoever put up that stat line, I get a statue mm. from the form. That boy, that boy, that boy calling out them Jerry and Jackson numbers. I feel it. I feel it. 